AOD on the mic is brought to you by Army of Dreamers. In this podcast, we highlight artists, entrepreneurs, and creatives in pursuit of their dreams. We understand that the dream is the vehicle and the drive is what gets you there. So we motivate that drive and we fuel those dreams by telling your stories. Make sure you head over to thearmyofdreamers.com and check out exclusive merch, previous podcasts, and announcements on up and coming events. We are not sponsored. And if you are interested in sponsoring this podcast, make sure you hit us up at aodmediagroup at gmail.com. Happy listening, guys. Well, I'll say this. If this, was, if this was a group project and you were getting off a participation, three out of 30 questions is not. Yeah. But if you hit one in the middle, bro, but I mean. That I'm, was literally my first time ever picking up a gun. Like, I was shook. Like, I was in the range was the first time you shooting a gun? Yeah, I was shook. My first time shooting a gun was like <laughs> last was, was last year. Yeah, no. What up, y'all? This is Shonda with Army of Dreamers. And with me today is a special guest. I'm going to allow him to introduce himself. What's up, man? My name is Deuce. Um, thank you for having me on. Yeah, so me and Deuce knew each other for a minute, or we've been knowing each other for a minute. Um, I've known you probably since I've been in Columbus because I met you the same year, I think. Did we meet in 2015? Yeah, we definitely did. You was like did. one of the first people right. that was at the plug. You, this was way before, like, this was way before <laughs> rapping. This is when I had dressed. Like, now it's <laughs> No, so that crazy. was your first time rapping, I think, because you came through with your hoodie on with whatever brand you was rocking with. Yeah. And then you um, you performed or you rapped. You did a freestyle or something. So you didn't have the whole package behind you, but you had. No, nowhere near the whole package. <laughs> like, 2015 was the first year I was rapping. I came through to the plug. I remember that because that's when I had met, like, I had seen what I hate to say, like, but I had seen with, like, how much further I had to go. Mm-hmm. Um, because I at the time, I was calling myself a rapper, but I hadn't, like, had any shows or anything lined up. So I was just going around and rapping when I can. And I made a bunch of clothes. And the brand that I had on was my own. Like, I made okay. a bunch of stuff with my name on it. Um, so I just put a, my name on a bunch of stuff and just was on Instagram flexing. Like, yo, like, you know, da 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 And it's like, somebody's like, when are you going to rap? I was like, don't worry about that. So yeah. definitely came a long way from there. And I... Deuce with the dreads was a was a different me. So what made you get rid of the dreads? You know, honestly, man, it's just I feel like I'm cutting my hair more and more, like because uh, <laughs> I definitely looked. I'm like, bro, when I go back to the barber, I'm cutting this even lower. Like, so you gonna go bald, basically? No, never that. Uh, I, there's definitely a length <laughs> I have in mind, but it's like I want to. I don't know. I just don't. I don't do good with long hair because the maintenance on it, like maintenance with dreads, like you have to be on them all the time, or yeah. you look homeless. Yeah, my um, little sister got dreads. They long. They look heavy though. But they yeah. they dope. And they, they, they definitely nice. well. And you see, like at first it was just little by little. Like I had cut the sides off and cut the dreads shorter, and then I just got to a point where I knew I wasn't going to get me getting my dreads done on a like consistent basis. So I just cut them off. Yeah. And then, like I said, I was rocking like a little box or whatever. Then I started letting my hair grow out some more, mm-hmm. but then it was just like. It don't. It looks crazy if I don't do nothing to it, and I know I'm not gonna get up and do nothing to it. So now yeah. I just want the the wake up wash and just run your fingers through it. You feel me? Like yeah. I want that length of hair where it's just like, you know, not a fade though. Because my right. brother's like, you getting waves, and I'm like, nah, <laughs> not even on the sides, bro. Like, yeah. I mean, waves is making a comeback. Ain't nothing wrong with it. 
Oh man, listen. I another thing why I cut my dreads is because I realized bro I was having like the typical like nigga look, like yeah. black dude look. It's like shaved on the sides with the dreads at the top. Yeah. I'm like ah, and now I'm trying to just transition <laughs> to a regular haircut. Like yeah. I don't want it to be like a taper, whatever. I don't even know what it's yeah. called. But I your think there's typical looks. Back. Period though, because you got the the box, you got the the fro with the blonde on the tips and all. Like you got a yeah. whole bunch of different looks. Definitely, I uh. I don't know because I, I don't consider myself a trendsetter, but I just hate when I go to a room. Like I was really starting to hate seeing everybody with the same cut, the thought cut. Oh my god, that's the thought <laughs> cut, bro. Like everybody had a thought cut, bro. And I was like, I, I don't so know my business of, like that. Um, <laughs> of thoughts, no. no. Oh, I'm about to say, oh, I'm speaking of the haircut and looking more clean, you know what part of that? How much of that is your artistry, and how much of that is just your regular personal life? Because most people who I meet at this level, as far as like we doing stuff, but we still got to maintain regularly. How much of that decision making is for your artistry versus your personal life and pursuing a career while you're building? Well, for me, honestly, a lot of it is it's almost all for my artistry. Like if I get a haircut, it was never for like a, a job, know, never for a <laughs> job bro. or like when I say interview people are like, where are you interviewing? I'm like, oh, no, when I say interview, bro, I mean, yeah. like I'm going to do like a podcast yeah. or a vlog. Like I literally like in my you know, like when I'm not making music, I just try to live. I'd say I try to live. My life is really minimal. Like I just go to work. I, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not one of them people who, you know, I don't know who want to be a superstar in regular life. Like my music is just good enough for me. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to be at the club popping bottles. Like I yeah. go to the club to make, if I'm going to a club, it's to perform. I'm not trying to be out. I wish I would have grew out of that phase. Cute or hot. I'm, a long time ago. <laughs> nah, bro. For me, I'm really minimal. It's like, oh, dude, you got a haircut. Know that I got several shows coming up, you know, or I got my face is going to be seen right. or something like that. And that's dope too. Cause that's a persona too. That's a look that some rappers have like not too many now but there you know there is the clean rapper look which also works very well well the thing that's hard for me is that i'm like a really big dude um <laughs> and in the group i'm in blatant bro but everybody else shout, is out, blatant. To blatant. shout out to blatant man shout out to the brooligans uh but everybody else doesn't exceed like the height of like five six mm-hmm. so for all of them, That's crazy. they're smaller people, so I don't want to be up there with a Paul Bunyan beard. I just look like they dad if I'm not, like, I have to somewhat seem still their age. Yeah. Because the rest of my mate, you know, you three females you like are actually. <laughs> yeah, I look like their, I look their dad. Actually, no, it's four females, and there's only one other male. Um, so who are the, who is the crew? Because when you said four females, I have no idea. Oh, so, um, so I'll just start with the male. So it's me. It's Bardo Jones, who's the founder. Um, okay. Then there's Fresh Fly, uh, then there's Asia with a dollar sign, uh, Zani Wave, and then we also have my manager, Rachel, um, who's also an artist. Matter of fact, and we just added, shout out to DJ Swamp. We just added DJ Swamp as our like official DJ. Yeah, man, he's super, he's from uh, Louisiana. Really, okay. really cool <laughs> dude, man. Somebody that I've, I've known for a long That's time a nice since I moved back to Columbus. Yeah, since I moved back to Columbus, I've known him. And it's just like, we've done so many things together at this point. It's just like, he's like, yo, I'll be y'all's official DJ. And he was somebody who already fit in with the family. So it's like, you already family, yeah. bro. It's glad that we, and that's kind of yeah. how it works with Blayton. Like, it's like, I got in because Bardo and Fresh were close, you know. So I got in just off the strength of Fresh. But Bardo, other than that, he had relationships with everybody. So prior. Bardo started it, you said? Yeah, Bardo started it. Um, Actually, it's only been about a year. But just in terms of, like, growth and the things we've been able to do in a year, 
you know, I, I kind of tell him that Blayton is kind of like my brother or my twin brother. Like, Deuce and Blayton kind of came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, as I grow and the things I do, it seems that Blayton is the same. You know, a lot of times you may have one or the other be stagnant, but it's like I've never had to worry about, you know, when I'm coming out with new music or I'm doing something stylistically new, Blayton is also is always on the cutting edge and doing a lot of different stuff. Yeah, because um, I didn't hear about Blayton until you started, like, posting it. Like, that's how I found out about Blayton. Sow the seed, now it's time to let it grow Shopping my demo down at Sammy's record store Coming home, bed planted on the flow Been working on the flow so you can't sleep on this no more Family full of ex-cons, my dreams going pro Paying for that college, man, that shit'll leave you broke Niggas in the hood, probably selling that dope Easy to get it popping when you know you got that coat Gold chain, but they hang you like a rope Try to take away my freedom like they take away my hope Try to take away my life like they gon' take away my vote Three-fifths of a man, a sixteenth in the end But in the end, I'ma make it happen through my rapping Stop your talking, where your action? Stop your bitching, where your passion? Passing past the New York fashions I was on my way to school, making my dreams come true Nigga, so can you lose It all started with a dream And now I barely sleep It all started with a dream It all started with a dream, and now I barely sleep. It all started with a dream. We living in a time we're killing the same as chilling. Bitches fucking and stealing, low willing, we start revealing the way to start healing children, man. They losing their way. Prison got the OGs moving away. We in a state where they tell us to wait. Nah, we in a state where they use us as bait. Fuck that, I be greater than lakes. I found my drive, I could never take breaks. So much at stake, all of nothing fake. Deuce. It all started with a dream, and now I better sleep. It all started with a dream, and now I better sleep. It all started with a dream, and now I better sleep. It all started with a dream. I got in it in October. He might have started it like last September. So we're talking about literally within one year. But like within okay. that one year, we've done um, we've done several different shows. We did a whole blatant weekend. Um, yeah, that was dope, that man. Been. I swear when the dopest stuff be going on, I be having to be out of town or something. I've yeah, seen nah, that. Blayton Especially weekend. the waffle thing. I was like, oh, Oh, man. waffles and mimosas. You see, <laughs> it's an interesting story because so the first concept of waffles and mimosas, like the way that we did that whole thing was just to me, like I said, Blayton's always on the cutting edge. So we took, we did waffles and mimosas. That was just something for people to enjoy and stuff like that. But when we did the performances, everybody in Blayton, the way we did our sets wasn't an individual at a time. Mm-hmm. We took our songs and whatever songs went together, we did a set based off of that. So, like, at the time, all five members were performing a song depending on the vibe of their songs. Okay. So, we did, like, five songs apiece, but it was five sets, but the sets were broke down more into mood as opposed to artists. So, instead of getting, like, the ups and downs of one artist, it was like, all right, we go chill. Okay. We go hype. We, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so, we did our singles. And so, stuff like that. Like, I had never that's seen dope. anybody I mean, that's do, definitely how you're supposed yeah. to do it. Like, that's basically event curation is making sure that the vibes is right and you know not having like a monotone one note type of performance so keeping yeah. that dynamic is gonna keep the crowd energy up and, and it definitely it's did. Gonna, yeah and it's gonna also just keep people drawn in like it just it changes so you know people can still pay attention versus like they feel like they're hearing one song from five different artists 
Yeah, I'm about to say because when it the way that it went, or just like how you go to a show and everybody comes for the one artist. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, all right, well, we came for this person. So once this person is done, it's like, no, you're going to see this person, but then you're also going to see almost like a Pandora, like songs that are like this, but mm-hmm. by different artists. Because one big thing about Blatant, like I said, is diversity and just being able to do a lot of different things. And Bardo really is just like, I've never met somebody with the, the, <laughs> the hunger that I he like has, that name. <laughs> the drive that he has, and then also the compassion that he has. And, the, mm-hmm. you know, just as much as he's like, you meet a lot of people who are one way or another, like they're so giving, they're never successful, or Ooh. they're so successful that they never give. Yeah. Like, you know, I got to keep everything. Mm-hmm. And Bardo just does stuff like he just had a, a, a video shoot for one of his songs and what he did was the event was free mm-hmm. and the only thing was you had to wear a blatant shirt mm-hmm. well if you didn't have a blatant shirt he just sold one. them you had to buy one but they were at manufacturer price so instead yeah. of paying you know whatever it is you know sometimes like he sold stuff that we just sold for 15 20 dollars mm-hmm. he sold everything for five okay. just so everybody could have blatant so not only were people going in and that's buying smart their, though that's their just first like piece it's, of blatant. it's marketing and branding people were buying their first piece of blatant but then other people were coming by like oh we can get this shirt for sale we yeah. he just did kind of like a fire sale with it and like he really didn't have to but he could have yeah. charged you regular price mm-hmm. and if you don't come you don't come but it's like the whole thing about blatant is being exclusive but inclusive so it's really just about um if you fit the mold if you fit the criteria then you know you can be a part of this mm-hmm. um so that's part of like you know the inclusive part but it's exclusive because if you don't you don't and you know blatant's really about being yourself and being yourself in the most bold way in the most outrageous way yeah. so you know you could be literally blatant due to anything um but if you're just kind of like a monotone going through life what's name like we love you it's cool <laughs> but then you know that's blatant's not for you so you know we got blatant eaters we got blatant fashion and i feel and that like too that. because with the army of dreamers um shirts i don't make that much money off of those like mm-hmm. i literally just push my stuff so it can be out there like that reach like the feedback i've been getting on a brand as far as like people further out from ohio that are receiving it literally my main goal this year was online content yeah. like just p- boosting the content to get that awareness there so like the return hasn't been big you know but it's just the return it just depends on how you're measuring the return well one thing that I always talked to Bardo about that he understood right from the jump with me and I understood with Blayton was like, well, we're we're building something. So if you build it up, the infrastructure, the structure, the, the ground mm-hmm. of it will be really strong. So there was a lot of times really where we could have went for like yeah. a, a money grab or something like that or just like, oh, just take our shirts. Cause we, it was like literally, bro, it was like we tried to make it so that everybody who kind of fit the criteria was able to afford it. Like you can yeah. be blatant, bro, but maybe you don't have that much money. So a $20 shirt is out of your bracket. Yeah. But 10 is something, you know, everybody, it surprises people to this day. We've been going for a year <laughs> and we're still selling $10 t-shirts where as opposed See, to people just do money grabs and want to yeah. do 20, 30 out the gate yeah so. but it also depends where you're getting your stuff from because yeah i'm about to say and we and we got a little you, bit of plug yeah, yeah and that's the thing is it's up to you to plug yourself in which is like a big part of running the company is like working towards those plugs which is yeah. like a lot of work we were blessed Bardo works, <laughs> Bardo works at a uh, at a t-shirt company so mm-hmm. a lot of stuff like he can go direct and grab garments right you know he knows who you know through mm-hmm. his company he can go and grab those garments mm-hmm. for a certain price uh but like i said he he decided to be I don't know, forward thinking. It wasn't like, oh, I get it for the low, so now mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to make more money. I'm going to be able to boost my margins. It was more like, yo, I get it for the low. Let me share the wealth. Yeah. Because the ideology is really bigger than the profit. Yeah, he's selling it at a cheaper price. Um, but it's not just, I'm not, well, not speaking for him, but to me it's not just because you know that everybody can't afford it. That's one reason. But it's also great for branding. Like, 
if you are selling something at a heavy cost that people can't afford, then your brand is not getting as much as exposure as it could. Not to say that you should sell cheap all the time, but there's reasons for it. Like just like with what we did when we first started, we just bought hella buttons, hella buttons. We went to Atlanta, gave out buttons. We was in New Orleans giving out buttons. So it's just like putting that image out there was what it was. It wasn't, oh, we spending money, but we not making no money. And then with the t-shirts, it's like just making money to send the t-shirts literally yeah, like that's a big thing too like a lot of times a lot of times people like want to get a blatant shirt you know mm-hmm. and you know mailing calls by the time we've paid you back mailing and stuff like that it's like right well, that was more than what the t-shirt yeah. called but at the end of the day it's more about mm-hmm. the aesthetic it's more about the reach and like i said at the end of the day price point is just it's just one thing that the whole point for us is just intention, mm-hmm. you know, because like I said, we do have stuff that is, you know, we got stuff for 10, we got stuff for 15, you know, we're doing different stuff for $2, you know, yeah. d- depending on what it is. And we try to be reasonable, but it's really just based off of intention, bro. Like our intention, mm-hmm. bro, is to be able to spread it and then give it to people. Mm-hmm. Like I said, with your shirts, I'm pretty sure that you, like you said, you're focusing on just getting it to the right people. Mm-hmm. It's not so much that, you know, we want everybody to have it, but if, I don't want you wearing an army of dreamer shirt and everybody yeah. around you know you're not no dreamer. <laughs> yeah. Like you, that's what it like, is for. Like it's like being selective with what the you're doing. Per- and with the purchases. It's definitely uh, you know, people who who have purchased the shirts or people who have wore a button, asked for a button, people who big ups the podcast, all of that stuff are people who are consistent with it. Like mm-hmm. it's really dope. That's the reward for me is the consistency from the people who are following, but also the consistency that I put out like because you could get burnt out real quick when you are working for yourself and you are driving a a machine that you know you're building as you're driving it so it's like for me it's similar to like having a car I drive it for a certain amount of miles and then you know I got to get maintenance then I got to make sure I'm taking care of me as I'm pursuing these dreams so the dream and the intention behind Army of Dreamers is simply to motivate people to chase their dreams. So, you know, yeah. when you're doing that, you got to be a dream chaser yourself. Like you can't sleep because and I say can't sleep like on yourself. You can't sleep on yourself because you're motivating people not to sleep on themselves. Yeah. I, what I think people need to realize, man, and what I've learned through blatant and even through myself, just through personal experience is that, you know, we live in a day and age right now where creating opportunities for yourself is like it's. I, I hate to say easy because easy not the word, but it's possible. More now than ever, it's very much possible. Like I said, when people want to work for themselves, they end up, like you said, they end up sleeping on themselves and what is possible mm-hmm. to do. So a lot of times you're like, well, why isn't my business taking off? It's like, because you're not thinking like a big business. Like mm-hmm. it's one thing to start your business, but it's another thing to think like a mm-hmm. business uh, as well. So yeah, things that you just sure. didn't think are feasible. Like I said, going back to Blatant Weekend, we literally did like – three different events in Mm -hmm. three different locations with three different vibes, you know, different artists and things like that. Um, You know, nothing about each day was very different. It was almost Mm -hmm. like it was a mini festival Mm -hmm. um, and definitely a whole lot of work. Like when we made it to Sunday and like that last day was over, it's like we finally get to sleep. But it was very possible, you know, after we, you know, we tallied things up and looked at it, it's like, all right, if we get it took a lot of planning, but like we got three different venues. Then we got 200 wristbands and, mm-hmm. you know, we gave all those out for every new participant in blatant weekend. So mm-hmm. we gave out 200 wristbands over the weekend. Um, like I said, just the artists that we were able to break, you know, giving people mm-hmm. opportunity to come and do, uh, their show and you know do a show and perform and stuff like that it was an opportunity that a lot of people were like well we couldn't do that we have a hard time throwing one show at a right. time you know but it's just like think big like all right we see yeah, other it's people also do kudos it. to your team because 
you know, it's very like it's possible to do anything you want to do with the right mindset. But when you have a team with the right mindset, it's even more possible. It's possible quicker. Yeah, no, because Blake. So (laughs) so, uh, the groups that I represent. So there's the blatant brew. Um, and like I said, and then also my manager has her own uh, thing called Columbus Unite. And mm-hmm. actually, we're we're definitely, it's weaved in between because a lot of things, like when we did Blatant Weekend, we did, you know, we did the 25 and the live show. Then we did the Brew House, mm-hmm. um, which is like a monthly house party that we always throw. And we mm-hmm. do new artists and each, art, and each artist inside of Blatant gets to do their own. So like October 13th is mine. Uh, and I'm going to bring out the people that I want to bring out. It's mm-hmm. a really dope lineup. Um, but then on Sunday, that was um, then my manager, Rachel, she did Waffles and Mimosa Part 2. Mm-hmm. You know, we brought people out to the house. Uh, we did waffles. We did mimosas. We did a studio session in the basement. So, mm-hmm. we, you know, we had a whole bunch of artists down there just <laughs> creating and just hanging yeah. out. You know, And that I mean? matters, too, because vibes. you're putting into the community that you're working in. Like. Yeah. That's another thing. It's just that support from the like-minded. It's all about, like, that's been my, I guess my phrase of the month has been just like-minded because my momentum has definitely changed with Army of Dreamers. Like, when I first came through, I was just trying to get interviews and I was trying to be social so people could actually, like, see me out and understand that this is what I'm a part of. Now my energy has directed more towards, like you said, having that business mind. So for me... I'm connecting with people who on the business level, like the media level, who we most of us don't go out like unless we're covering an an event, because a lot of our stuff is online content or just viewership and like creating these experiences for people outside of Ohio to come in and get a peek of it. Because in order for Ohio to get as big as we want it to get, we have to start drawing in people to Ohio. Too many people know Ohio people, but don't know nothing about like actually being here and being in the environment it's funny because the thing is like that's a big thing for blatant because i think there's definitely a creative culture in columbus Mm -hmm. but it hasn't become a part of like the actual culture of columbus like columbus overall like you when you go to new york part of new york period is creativity you know what i mean with Columbus is like part of Columbus is like Ohio State and yeah. you know, the businesses and stuff like <laughs> the that. Food. The food, you know, stuff like that. But it hasn't really dawned on people yet within just even within the city that um that you know creativity is a part of the city. Like we have a lot of great creative things going on, but each mm-hmm. year that tends to grow. And I it really does. have a belief that, you know, within the next five years Columbus is gonna be um the central hub for you know, entertainment in the Midwest in terms mm-hmm. of like it's rotated from like Chicago to St. Louis. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Um, you know, it was out in Philly and stuff like that. But I think it's definitely going to rotate uh, to Ohio and especially centrally yeah. into Columbus because Columbus is literally centered. It's just a mass it's quantity central, of people. Like Columbus has the numbers to be able to be that. Yeah. yeah, and the walls are starting to dissolve because I can even, I was talking to one of my homies. He said, bro, you just came in at the perfect time to do something creative in Columbus, he said, because five years ago, we didn't have these infrastructures and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, like, Comfest wasn't doing rappers. Yeah. You know, 2 by 2 was just in probably, like, his <laughs> second year. You know, like, Blockfest, Beer Fest, a lot of things that we know now today and the things that continue to grow and happen. Mm-hmm. He said, those things didn't exist, bro, for us. So it's really dope that you came in the time you did. And it was, like I said, one thing about Blatant and just for myself personally that I know – one thing that's working for us is that it's a new sound, mm-hmm. uh, whereas opposed to like, you know, you've had people that have been doing it for a while and you enjoy their music, but everybody likes what's new, what's hot. Yeah. So one thing that Blake's been able to capitalize on is just, you know, 
is that we're new. You know, a lot of our artists, even if they've been doing it for a decent amount of time, they've been doing it kind of like I was doing it. Like, I've been rapping since 2015, but 2017 was really the year I really sat down, hunkered down, yeah. and took it real serious and knew a little bit more mm-hmm. to be able to go behind it. Because mm-hmm. um, that's a big thing, too. It's like, it's about information and what's privy to you at the time because mm-hmm. you know there was stuff when i first start rapping that i never thought about and you realize along the way that like structure and planning mm-hmm. think that's the biggest thing like having talent is a very small part and of confidence being successful. confidence yeah. as well and that's just confidence across the board like confidence in yourself as far as just believing in yourself because even if you don't sound as good as you want to sound People can see when you really like nobody wants to watch mm-hmm. a non-confident rapper perform <laughs> like nobody wants to That's see that. That's one thing that comes along with it, bro. Like as you <laughs> I, when I first start rapping, it was kind of like, well, people believe when yeah. I, like, I know it's you true, gotta, but, but you will gotta, you believe you it? Gotta but portray now it's like, that belief. Yeah, because being a rapper, man, I'll be honest with you, depending on what your background is, like. I used to play ball. So when I first started rapping, they was like, oh, he's one of them used to play ball <laughs> rapping niggas. Like, you feel me? So then, like, when I finally, but then, like, when I was like, all right, my first project came out. Oh, yeah, he but he just doing it because he don't play ball no more. Second mm-hmm. came out. Third came out. The crazy thing is Fourth all, every artist has a backstory. Like, I think I've I've seen it and felt the, the I guess, disregard for what I do only because people didn't really I don't think people knew what I did like and I think in the space that I try to occupy um a lot of people don't see you as an artist when you're like more so on the back end of things like media and like covering artists but I went to an art school I've been into art my whole life and I love music as far as a musician no I'm not that but um it's just a matter of like occupying your space just just to speak on it real quick um First off, I got to say that you guys, it's crazy to me the people that don't give you guys your props because you guys are literally what makes the culture go. And I know it's like, Thank I you. realized that a while ago. That's why I start, you know, working with the podcast and stuff like that to build up that relationship because it's like, I tell people all the time, like, yo, rap's like the NBA. Mm-hmm. But if all you got is the world's ba- best basketball players in a gym, but you don't have no, you know, no media without mm-hmm. TNT, without the fans, without mm-hmm. the crowd, without the. I was say so many parts. Them, yeah, the so venues, then use everything. Yeah, so then it's like, what matters if you guys are locked in a rec room? Like LeBron James playing in the rec with Carmelo Anthony only matters because somebody has a camera and they put it up mm-hmm. on TMZ. If not, mm-hmm. this wouldn't be popular, bro. So it's like it's cool that you really want to like you know because artists can be snooty sometimes. Like oh well, they're just what's the name, but it's like how are you going to connect to people, bro? Because you're if you're up there rapping. You need to have an outlet, bro, mm-hmm. that's going to get you to where you need to go, you know, in terms of, like, you guys are probably the single-handedly most important people, like, that to it's me just, personally. I mean, and we are people at the end of the day, and there's beauty in in everybody's, um, I guess, position because the venues, the dopest, like, the venues with the dopest atmospheres are the ones you want to be in, but at the same time, it's a balance with that. You got venues that are really great atmospheres, but the customer service is terrible or the sound system is not as good as it should be because they're sacrificing that for the cafe look that they put this much money into, but they didn't put money into the sound system. Then you have venues who are like, who just got it all together, who's all the way right. You got venues that are simple that still work for the vibe you're trying to create. Yeah, you got to find, you got to find a sweet spot. Like never in a million years would I have thought 
of doing house parties. It just didn't seem feasible. But like with brew house, that's, it was like we were we were in it. We were <laughs> out of venue. That's the wave now too, though. I love a good, but it got to be a good house party, like a curated event in the house. Well, I'll break down to you kind of how brew house works. So this is how brew house works. Like I said, each month of artist gets to pick. You know who they have on. So like this month, I have Bad Waves, Captino, uh, Goldie, MMG. Uh, I got King Joff. I got Blee, who's a guy out of Cincinnati. I got uh, Dustin from Ohio. Um, trying mm-hmm. to make sure I don't I like miss anybody, name. man. Yeah, Dustin's from Ohio, man. There's a <laughs> lot of really dope artists. That I, I love got on there. artist names, though. Yeah. Mixed on my dreams with some action, reaction Used to be a joke, now I'm laughing We lasting, cause passion to keep your belt fastened Even when the whip keep crashing Ashing the bluff for the month Niggas ain't all that I want Never mind all the growth that I stunt Niggas OD, low-key, pay the money to the old me I just want respect like an OG This is OT, slave in the booth, nigga Todd go free Sorry if you didn't know me, used to smoke tree Go back to 03, subtract deuce the one and only Leave him lonely, I could never fuck on the phony wouldn't even pass it to my Brody. Nah, go digital. Made land a deal with Sony, so pivotal. Pick a wild ball with homies. Subliminals, you niggas don't own me. Screaming out, homie. King with the crown, but I know where the throne be. Niggas on the corner, so I know where the zone be. Couldn't keep up, so these niggas try to join me. Stayed original, so these niggas can't clone me. And before I start rapping, they used to say I was average. Before all the action, they used to say I was average. Before I dropped classic, they used to say I was average. Before I made magic, they used to say I was average. Grand pains. Back to what you're saying about atmosphere, like when we do the brew house, so we select the artists. Um, but then, like I said, it's an atmosphere where people um, can smoke in there, mm-hmm. BYOB. Mm-hmm. So it really feels like a house party. Mm-hmm. We just happen to have a DJ in there, and we're doing you're performances, facilitating so. the space, we're facilitating and the space, providing stuff the like sounds, that. <laughs> providing the sound. But it's also a show, so it's like it's a house party, mm-hmm. and you know, it's real live and it's turned mm-hmm. up. But then we take the time to also, you know. We're selling merch in the garage, mm-hmm. and then we're also taking the time to put these artists on and break them. So, yeah. like I said, the biggest thing is the aesthetic, it's the vibe. Like, people know the brew house now because it's like, when I go to the brew house, it's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. The camaraderie is great in there, stuff like that. So, like you said, sometimes simple works. You got the thing about artists is you don't go for what works for other people or what looks flashy. I try to tell people that all mm-hmm. the time. Like, don't go for flash. Don't go for go for what works for your aesthetic. I kind of been going on my own spiritual journey, you know, because I told one of my friends, like, I got to go. And she's like, where are you going? I was like, I'm not leaving, but just something inside of me internally mm-hmm. is turning over. And, like, the thing that God's really been putting in my heart, man, is like, yo, you need to learn how to become a good leader so that you can show people and Ooh, guide people. That's not an easy journey. No, but say, it, it's not at all. <laughs> but so you can show people and guide people, like like you said, creating your own opportunities. Because mm-hmm. you know, I got guys come to me like, "When can I get a slot on Brew House?" It's like, bro, how about this? How about I help you throw your own Brew yeah. House? He's like, "That's possible." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Listen, bro, this is what you need to do." And mm-hmm. you know, because now we know and we got the blueprint or whatever, you know, and that's what more people need to do, man, is show people how to create their own opportunities. Because and always really be a student. Always, always be a, be a student. student. Always learning. I'm learning, bro. The hardest part about leadership uh, is is the part about really how much you have to receive from other people. People think that leadership is just you being in the front and dragging none no. of the people. 
leadership is almost like being in the middle and it's like you got some people Ooh. that you got to push up front some people you got to drag in the yeah. back some people you got to pull in <laughs> from going too far <laughs> left or too far being right a leader means you got to learn you got to know who to let go of too because everybody is and i don't say let go as far as give up on i'm just saying everybody is not prepared to go where you're trying to take them and i think a big part of leadership too is just knowing when you're gonna hurt somebody more not even just with you because like it's not so for me i look at leadership in a way and a lot of the a lot a lot of the decisions i had to make since i've been out of my parents house because that's since i've been pursuing my passions for real like in my parents house i was trying to graduate go to school in college i wanted to graduate but i started gaining that understanding of what i really wanted to do who i really wanted to be and trying to involve other people in that and just not even in a business standpoint but just trying to keep friends around like roommates and people who might not have the best energy for you when you go through a transition and a big change in your life you want to take so many people with you but your crowd of 10 turns into a crowd of five turns into a crowd of two and it's because it's not that those people won't get there eventually they're just not going to get there with you yeah the worst thing you can do is is try to drag somebody to glory because then what ends up happening is they become real like they just get real resistant it'll ruin your relationship yeah because there's stuff (laughs) that i know that if somebody would have tried to drag me to where i was supposed to go like you always make it there in the time that you're supposed to make it there yeah it will Um, literally ruin your relationships in some points because people take offense and they get offended or you get offended because the person's not receiving it as well so it's just about always having another thing about leadership always having that good open communication and just acknowledging what what your goals are and understanding those goals you can't expect a team to win together if everybody does not know what the goal is the the group goal and the individual goals goals yeah goals and roles man them is the two things that you got to be cognizant all the time and make sure that you know those match up because if your goal is to be one thing uh you just got to make sure that as a leader you got to make sure people are comfortable in the role that you're asking them to play because a lot of times you know what a good leader does is you know they listen because mm-hmm. you can't you know if we're on a basketball team and i'm asking you to be the spot up shooter but you can't spot up shoot like yeah. you said now i'm just hurting you i'm making you look <laughs> bad i'm hurting your confidence I'm mm-hmm. like, that's not what i'm good at you know what i mean and but for a long time i just ran away from the leadership role it's yeah. like i just kind of want to be just out in the daisies man like i don't <laughs> like don't put that you know what i'm saying like bardo laughs at me he's like bro i like the way that you're taking charge of things now mm-hmm. in terms of like just kind of wanting to be involved mm-hmm. and even if it's not putting in any input just listening and being aware it's great to have people who are like it's great to have a lot of gunners on the same team yeah like it's that's like one of the things that i always emphasize is so important because <clears throat> i've inadvertently become a leader like i've always been a leader i'm not saying i can't lead but i never wanted to be i always wanted to be led like I always wanted like and having having siblings and stuff I always looked up to my older siblings so I always wanted somebody who had the vision and I could come in and I could just dominate because that's what I do bro listen it's so crazy (laughs) because that's what I'm talking about too it's like bro like you know in my family it's like I got older brothers so it's like your job is just like to be really good at whatever your role is like I said but it's almost like you get to be the superstar but you're not the leader and I realize them are two different things like the superstar gets to do all the flashy stuff the cool <laughs> stuff the fun stuff like I That's scored 60 I points do. I don't ever want to be the superstar but the leader but I, but but like you said, just come in or whatever it is. Like, but the leader is the person that's like, "Yo, we lacking on defense. You yeah. got, I got to stick the best dude." On. It's like I don't want to do yeah, that. Or I, I got to get a pep yeah. talk. And it's and easy the hard for things. me to. It's easy for me to be social and to be seen, not because I want to, but because I'm outgoing and I can talk to people. Blah blah blah. That's never who I wanted to be. 
So, but that's what I was good at to me, like effortlessly. So that's why I always wanted to be led. Cause I'm like, Hey, if you create a dope situation, I could make that. I could just execute your vision. Like I could do that, <laughs> but it never stayed that way. Every time I tried to partner up with people and do things with people, it always ends up falling on my shoulders. So I was like, you know what? Now it's time. And I guess that was my aha moment, but you know, it's, it's amazing people in my corner, but at the end of the day, I've always had to like, I've had a lot on my shoulders. So I guess for me, my aha moment was like, you gotta, you gotta really study. Like you gotta start opening up books to what you want to do. And yeah, and be cognizant. It's very, a lot of times it can get to the point. I, one thing I learned about leadership, man, and just being in relationship with people is like, sometimes it can get uncomfortable because it's like, you gotta have the conversations you don't want to have, you know, yeah. it's like, you be like, <laughs> Hey dog, you know, I love you, but, uh, but it's like we like you said my aha moment was i was working at this place and i was supposed to be like the assistant director so it's like Mm -hmm. there was the head director then it was me the assistant director Mm -hmm. but by the end of the summer i was literally like the the head director they would come and do like the you know what i'm saying they would do a lot of administrative work but like Mm -hmm. the hands-on day-to-day like you got 60 people then you or you got 60 kids then you got like five high school assistants Mm -hmm. Then you got like two college assistants and I got four teachers yeah. and every single person comes up to me and it's like, yeah. and inadvertently <laughs> I didn't realize like I had become a leader. It's like my bosses is like, no, you're the boss because you're yeah. the one we see. So once I did, I was like, yeah. oh, I, you know what? Maybe I'm supposed to be a leader because <laughs> yeah, it was doable. But like you said, it was like you said, there was days I would walk out of there and be like, oh my God, I don't mm-hmm. think I'm going to make it another day. But then when stuff does go good, then you kind of have a sense of like you happy. It's like, man, yeah. I'm glad that I. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of, like you said, a lot of time invested both, you know, invested in other people too. Like mm-hmm. you, you're learning other people, you're learning mm-hmm. new things. You know, now I'm learning how to like, as an artist, not just for myself, but trying to help other artists, I'm learning things about rollouts. Like what's the best rollout? Yeah. And not just that. And one thing I hate is when people try to put their formula on you. So it's yeah. like, this works for me. How can I make something if it's not something similar then i gotta scrap my whole thing how can i make something work for you i used to be an athlete so a lot of times it's like if you work on one thing all summer but don't work on well rounding out your game like i used to be a guy that was like all right i'm really good at this one thing so i'm just going to specialize and hone in that mm-hmm. yeah, you're really good at that one thing but the other components that go into the game but mm-hmm. now you're lacking now where you're strong on one spot now you've become a liability because mm-hmm. you didn't look around so as an artist it's the same thing like you may be a great rapper Mm -hmm. but you got to also be you know somebody who's good at distribution you got to be especially when you're doing it for yourself you got to be good at distribution and promotion and rollouts and things like that you have to pay attention to that because if you don't then your music you have all this great music that's never gonna get heard so it's just really about being well-rounded brand yeah the brand that's (laughs) the brand and it's really brand and business are interchangeable everything comes down to like you know how it comes out how you roll it out so you know if you're not you know one thing that somebody told me a long time ago that always stuck with me is like if you're a part of something you need to be able to take that thing with you and it was about clothes he said mm-hmm. why would you wear a nike sweater when you rap make a sweater <laughs> with your name on it <laughs> so that way when people say oh my god even if they didn't like your raps they're like that was a fire sweater who made that yeah i did you know so like now it's just like people are like bro do you own another shirt besides blatant like content is queen and i say queen because i'm a woman but um for me, my content is everything that I do, and I love and follow people who have dope content. As much as people don't like Drake for their own reasons, Drake is amazing with content as well. Like, um, So I guess artists understanding their message and their intent and what they want to do 
and providing that storyline to the people that are around them who become their viewers and their viewership is a big part of that as well. Um, And I guess lastly, in my perspective for artists and the push and what it takes is being able to be being able to adjust in a in a time where you're going to have so many ups and downs, like especially as us being young artists coming up in the world that we live in now, but also people who have been here and have experienced things. My parents are a good example of that. Many people's like your family, period, your friends mentors all of these people have experienced things consistently you never stop having changes in life and you never stop having things that can throw you in any which direction so being able to just stay consistent with who you are in times of adversity is very important as well couple things that you said and that like you said um, <laughs> i know i was kind of covering yeah, the whole the whole board. thing yeah nah um first thing is bardo like i said he's so dope and now he started <laughs> shout he out was to do, bardo he was doing so much stuff with the clothes he but a now, big uh honorable yeah. mention yeah well, i said he was drop. doing so much he was doing so much with the clothes for like the first year that he kind of put the music on the back burner but now he's finally starting to roll out his new music and stuff mm-hmm. like that and um perspective man like when he it, it puts me in the mindset of where i'm at right now and he's just talking about you know moving kind of like the whole point of it is like moving with a purpose man and just feeling unstoppable once you know what your purpose is it's like right. when he talks in a song he almost sounds possessed because it's like not demonically but like possessed I'm in terms of listen. like the grind is you just definitely like selling it right now the grind, the grind <laughs> is definitely just like take over man it's just like man just the way i'm moving the things i'm doing you know he has this line it's my favorite line he said uh ain't been the cathedral whole church with my people uh i'm peeping the evil i'm on matrix reload and it's just like bro like you feel like the one when you moving with your purpose and you moving in your yeah. purpose and you like you said being comfortable in a time of adversity and changing everybody has to have something to fall back on for me uh really lately it's been my faith in terms of just like mm-hmm. knowing what it is that god wants me to do knowing mm-hmm. what it is that how he wants me to move and stuff like that like and you know whatever you're in touch with like i said for me it's faith and for a lot of people mm-hmm. i would advise you know to tap into your faith and stuff like that but whatever yeah. it is you know faith family whatever it is you got to have something outside because the music is so up and down you can't judge yeah. your yeah. who you are you can't judge your value as a person or as a creator based yeah. off of feedback and stuff like that because people take you high people take you low it comes mm-hmm. in seasons but you got to really be able to um you got really able to know who you are as a person yourself yeah. you know whatever your foundation your rock is you know god is my rock so it's like yo right. when a storm gets crazy i just mm-hmm. have to remember like yo i was there i'm still there like yeah. you, you never get out of that journey because it's a it's a That's it's a never ending cycle of like up faith. and down yeah. and you know what i'm saying but like i'm a dude in a boat trying mm-hmm. to go up against tidal <laughs> waves but god is like a is a mountain so when like the wave hits him and the adversity hits him it just splits he's always going you know what i'm saying so if you're you know tied to that mountain if you're standing on that mountain you'll always be good from like the artists that you see it's like how many times can they do things differently and how many new revolutions that's what people love but like look people love to have those bits and pieces of you on a daily basis mm-hmm. so you got to continue to create and make things that are new and revolutionary but like you said still within yourself because if you're out here you know that's creating right. content to you know you know, if you're creating content that's not really you, <laughs> then you're going to be lost. But if you're making stuff that's in your alley, but it's different and it's revolutionary, bro, then you're going to be you're going to be set, bro. So it's yeah. definitely a journey. And you also have to own your content because a lot of people who do have a faith, they're nervous or sometimes they're hesitant to speak on it when they are, you know, they're putting their content out because they know that there's people who have different faiths. There's people who don't believe, period. But I think regardless of what you believe in. Y'all gonna hear Nate moving in and out. <laughs> I think regardless of what you believe in, like 
you should be able to talk about it. Like you should be proud of it. But also with me being somebody who's driven by faith and it literally sounds almost identical to what you're saying. Me, like, we've had this talk before and today you made, you're <laughs> one of the people that made me real comfortable in terms of my faith. Cause it's like, I'm a rapper and mm-hmm. I'd say I would never, de- I would ever deny my faith. But like you said, mm-hmm. what's the place for this within my creativity? You know, it was people like you that made me realize like a lot of young people, like that's what me and my manager connect on is faith, man. But like, we live in a day and age, but where a lot of people do, you know, love and care about God and do love and care about Christ and values and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you don't know it until you say it. And then mm-hmm. it's like, and it's me like, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, like me too. You know, it's like, so, you know, you might as well wing, <laughs> swing for the fences. You never know. Like, I haven't met a person oh yet who, God, even if they're so not funny. into it, I've never met somebody who's like, if you say another thing about Jesus, I'm going to beat you up. And somebody was like, bro, when you in your music, somebody stopped me. He's like, you a Christian. I said, how you know? And they was like, I listen to your music. I was like, yeah. yeah, but what does that mean? He's like, bro, you have a song called Blessings on Blessings. You got a song mm-hmm. that's called Lord Don't Let Me Down to Sleep. He said, it's everywhere, bro. Hey, like, you, dope, you just, though. but it's because it's so much a part of me now that it's like, even without trying to be purposeful or preachful, preachy, bro, I may just say something, bro. Like, you know, I started one of my new songs with, you know, God keep blessing me. And that, you know what I'm saying? Because that's just the, yeah. that's the truth. Because you got to live through that man. truth. If that's what's really happening for you to deny that is where you go back to that place of feeling lost. Like when you was saying you were asking God, where are you? Like, where you at? Where you at? Like you weren't you weren't picking up on it because you weren't present and you weren't ready to receive it. Like the door wasn't open for you at that moment. And so when you open that door, you when I so I I don't know who I was talking to, what artist, but the last interview I did where I spoke on God really heavily, what I said was, you know, there was a point in time when I only had the door halfway open to God. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that I really spooked myself to where I was like, I got to open this door. And once I open it up, it's no turning back. And what that meant for me was I was asking God for things and talking to God, but I was also afraid of certain things, like to realize certain things and to face certain things in my life. And I was like, how can I sit here and, you know, expect God to give me a hundred percent when I'm only giving God, you know, I only have the door open to God half of the time. Like I can't ask for God to reveal, to to do some things in my life, but keep some things away from me because I'm not ready to experience that yet. It's the truth, man. Cause like for me, I'll do you even more further. I had the door shut on God, like just like not to say I was denying him or anything like that, but just like I just didn't think it was no place for him, and it was just like you know like oh yeah I go to church on Sundays, like, yeah. I ain't gonna turn down no God or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But luckily God's a graceful God, a merciful God, understanding God, so He just crept through the window, like even though you don't know I'm in here <laughs> helping you through, little dummy. I'm yeah, because He's not through. gonna never leave you behind. Yeah. He always gonna be there. But if you don't realize Him and you don't, know, it's like you can't fully be great if you don't know that power behind you because like you said when you're like you know every any random thought you have that's dope or the way you came up with deuce the way you came up with blatant the way i came up with army of dreamers just anything that has been a blessing in my life has come from god and that's why i struggle with you know when i tell people because it's very true for me that regardless of what faith you have or what you believe in you have to believe in something to be great there has to be a driving force that is basically a purpose you have to have a purpose but it's also hard for me to say that out loud because there's people who do crazy stuff there's people who worship stuff that i (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying so i can't really i don't like to tell people like you know you have to believe in something yeah and we all been there i would say i would say some but but on the other side of like i said when i first started rapping everybody was looking at me like bro you done lost your mind bro like what is wrong with you You done this your whole life like i said my door all the way closed to god but like i said i opened it up 
And when I opened it up, man, like you said, it's no turning back. So it's just kind of like through music, that's just been the care. Like at first, that's it's like, yeah, it's like I'm doing music, so people accept me. Mm-hmm. And then I got to a point, it's like, well, it's beyond people accepting me now. Mm-hmm. Now people want to know what I'm thinking and stuff like that. And then he pushed me again. It's like, mm-hmm. well, now it's beyond people want me to know it's again. It's full on leadership being put in your hand. Yeah. And that's the care. It's like, oh, yeah. well, I'm chasing this music thing, but really it's just the vehicle that God's using to get me to where I'm going. Um, thank you for having me out. You can check me out uh, on Instagram, No Room to Fail, No Room, the number two fail. Also check out the Blatant Brew um, and check out Columbus Unite because we definitely got a lot of different things coming out on different platforms. Um, but like you said, um, once you find your purpose, once you open that door, you can't turn back. So it'll be days like, I don't want to do this no more. But right. it's like, bro. But you got to. You open it's part <laughs> of the journey, bro. It's the jobs that you blow. You have oh, to be man, the commander wanna. of your ship, guys. If you want to get somewhere, you got to be able to step up to the plate and handle business at all times. And then another part of that is just taking care of yourself. So I guess that's where I'm going to leave it at. But y'all can find me on AOD Media Group. That's the website, The Army of Dreamers. Instagram at AOD Media Group. Facebook AOD Media Group, I believe, but at this point, you'll find me. AOD is official. That's a fire. Like, when I said AOD, bro, like, I was like, I'm going to AOD tonight. And hey. was like, ooh. Like, hey, yo, what's AOD? I was like, bro, if you don't know, you ain't hey, that bro, Army moment of when people figure it out be dope, too. They but be really impressed by the brand. You've grown, like, when I say, bro, Thank you've you. grown a lot within, like, the culture. Um, oh, my You God. definitely have, man. It's definitely, like, going was like a... Well, you was like, hey, man, we're going to get you in because, you know, last yeah, time. Yeah, I was did, serious. Yeah, I was say when you got me in here, man, it was just like, it's one of them things you put up on your accomplishment board. Like, mm-hmm. here within the city, like, yo, coming out the Army of Dreamers, man, and sitting on this couch. I appreciate that's, that. It's a big deal for a <laughs> lot of people, that. man. So, you know, you've been doing a really great job. You, Larissa, uh, you've been doing a really, really great yep, job. Shout out to the team, everybody um, who've been involved. Larissa, Siege, Nate. Nate, that's that's Nate right there. Mm-hmm. Nate, I'm about to say, you've been doing the videos, right, man? You've been doing a great job with that. Listen, I looked at trick notes Intro and I beats. seen the wall. Like I said, yeah, and we do that too. We definitely got the effects, but it's all up to the artist. Like I don't want to know anything anymore. This is a world where nothing is solved. Picture a nigga like seven figures up Don't rap about that killer stuff On the corner was really us Niggas selling dope I was waiting for the city bus I would go to class Niggas out here really getting cuffed What the fuck I'm going through Like what the fuck I'm going through Imagine when the weight of the legacy nigga on you Missed my first dream and now I'm on to 23 with one more chance And I could never make the wrong move Too late for mistakes Being great is my fake shit Nothing he respect Yeah, since I heard Drake Take care man and nothing was the same Views from the bottom be the shit that we gon' blame But nah, I gotta get it, had to gift it like a Christmas In order for me to spit this, had to go to the dentist In the booth, mixing lyrics like chemists And damn, I've been working so hard, when will I be Kendrick? Realize it's a cold world, inspire new feelings for old girls Who turn to women, but sour like lemons No jail, but a heavy sentence, period More than once a month when I'm fearing it, clearing it Hurdles that I'm jumping while I'm steady running Paying me nothing, I do it for the loving Brothers and cousins expecting something, man Don't worry, cause you know my time is coming Y'all gon' get exactly what you want